When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday morning. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here. Lots to get to today as we are in the middle of the bye week, but we've got some guests joining us in a little bit. Fletcher Cox, Brian Baldinger. What a show. Most of all, we've got Mr. America here, Zach Berman, sitting upright as always. How are you, Zach? Doing great. Excited for the show. It's bye week. It's election day. Um, Always enjoy the bye week. Especially when it comes at like this time of year, it gives you a chance to to refresh and, and and reset. When I started dating my wife, and she was looking at the schedule, oh, here we she go. didn't know football. Uh, she wanted to know, like, uh, she was wondering who who by was. Right? Is that a home game or an away game? I said, well, well technically it's home, right? Um, but it, I classic uh, intramural sports move to name your team by week and hope that you win with some. Forfeits uh, that, by the team's not showing up. That's yeah. clever. That's that's clever. But I couldn't believe there was someone who didn't know what a bye week was, right? And she couldn't believe that there was someone who like had to drop everything in the world because the Eagles made a practice squad transaction. She literally didn't know there was anyone in the world like that. No, yeah. no, that I was the first person she met who uh cared that GJ Kinney was being signed to the practice squad. There you go. Um uh, GJ Kinney, by the way, doing a uh, nice job yeah. down there at Texas State, right? Bang up job, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rising coaching star, they say. Could have seen that coming. What does GJ stand for? Ooh, I don't have the I don't have the answer for you. What is it? You know, what, you know, I get, you think that somebody is an Eagles encyclopedia, and then all of a sudden because you find I don't out know what GJ they're just a fraud. For? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, just a fraud. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> took that a little too far. Um, <laughs> GJ Kinney's former teammate, by the way, Fletcher Cox will be on the show today. Excited for that. That's right. I did also say that at the top of the show. No, right. I, I know, but I was just telling our audience. Who are, who are some of GJ? Do you remember GJ Kinney's college teammate? Do you, remember, do you remember who that was? Who also was his teammate on the Eagles? Who was his teammate on the Eagles? So his teammate at Tulsa, who was the teammate of the Eagles, Demaris, uh, Demaris Dem- Johnson. Demaris Johnson, yeah. yeah. Number 13. There you go. Nice guy, Demaris Johnson. I like Demaris yeah. Johnson. That was, uh, that was... Is it Demaris or Demaris? I think it was Damaris. I put a Philly accent on it. I say, yeah, you know. Okay. 
I once did um, my excuse to going down to the New Orleans trip a day early was to do to go to Demaris Johnson's high school, do a Demaris Johnson story, which bought me an extra night in New Orleans. That was a, a good job on my part. My excuse was to go to Yazoo City for Fletcher yes, Cox. I remember. Yeah. Um, so kindred spirits there we thought I like. Similarly, yeah. What would you do with your night in New Orleans? Uh, or, I had never been to New Orleans before. Okay. I think I went to the casino and just w- walked around Bourbon Street. Uh, yeah, I, walked I want to unpack downtown. this. So uh, You know what it was? Actually, I remember this very well because it was a very... I was proud of myself. It was like I went in. I like I quickly won like a hundred dollars at the blackjack table, mm-hmm. and I just washed my hands and walked away. And that yeah. was it. I never went back. And then went to Bourbon Street. Good, uh, good discipline. Did you have a few hurricanes? No, I don't think I had any hurricanes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you. What and, and what did you eat down there? Uh, I remember I got a I got a very good uh, uh, not a not a po' boy, a different kind of sandwich mm. uh, from a. A place I had read about, I forget. And then later that weekend, went to the famous uh, Willamay Scotch House for the fried chicken. Good. Yeah, absolutely Good. delicious. Are you a a beignet guy at Cafe Du Monde? Yeah, I think a beignet is a little bit overrated. Okay, uh, but I, I enjoy a beignet. I mean, I mean, look at look at my belly. I'm not I'm not averse to a beignet. Do you like the coffee there? It was fine. Okay, uninspiring. How about you? Um, I'd like a beignet, but it's not, you know, I, I once actually, my first time down there, uh, for a work trip was, uh, I had to cover a Virginia Southern Miss game and I stayed in New Orleans and then drove to Hattiesburg and I brought the whole press box beignets. Um, and they, (laughs) they weren't as good, you know, like, uh, a few hours later, but I, I, I brought that up to, uh. I brought that up to Hattiesburg that day, and I, I I recall that drive from New Orleans to Hattiesburg was a little, the, the, or the drive back from Hattiesburg to, to, to New Orleans. You're just going straight through the swamp. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I remember that well. All right, uh, Zach. Because we had our show during the middle of Nick Sirianni's press conference yesterday, I'm curious. Obviously, you rewatched it, watched it back. Anything that we need to impart on the listeners and the viewers from uh, Sirianni? So Dallas Goddard, like we said um, yesterday, he, he's going to miss time. There's not a definite timetable there. Sirianni suggested that it's not just the tight ends who pick up the slack there, right? It, and, and we talked about this on the show, and we'll talk about it with Brian Baldinger in a bit too, like how the Eagles can compensate for it. Um, but I, I think you'll see even more of the wide receivers in there. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was interesting when he was asked about those three three and outs. And Sirianni basically said only one of the three and outs actually counted. Yeah, I don't like this explanation. He said the the one that we talked about, the third and three, the past A.J. Brown. So the first of the three three and outs was like a true three and out. No, that was the second of the three. That was the – oh, the first The first was, backed was up. the backed up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so okay, you're right. First was backed up. He's like when you're backed up, you're just trying to get breathing room for a punt. So the second one was the third, was the third and three, and we'll get to that in a moment. And then the third one – He's like they're just trying to get the Cowboys to use their timeouts and to pu- and to push so them back. I'm okay with giving them the ball inside yeah. their twenty with fifty seconds left to no timeouts. That's a bad explanation. Yeah, I, I I I usually am in like conjunction with the way Nick's thinking on some of these things. I disagreed with him there, and I thought like there's nothing that says you can't end the game with the ball in your hands. Number one, and this this is a thing that they have done yeah. in the past. Exactly, right? and they're they're happy to stick their chest out when they do. And this is like there is there is a, um, a like a classic football guy conservatism to Nick underneath it all. And 
because he works for a, like an analytically forward organization and because the, the offense is so good and because, you know, they're so good in short yardage, he does go for it on fourth down often. But there are a lot of like little things on the margins where he is, I think, at his core, a little bit conservative, which is interesting for an offensive coach. Um, but yeah, like there is nothing to say that we just got to run the ball and, and drain their three timeouts because if you get a first down, guess what? The game is over. Um, you know, don't you trust Jalen Hurts to make a play? Don't you trust this offense to get a first down with the game on the line? Isn't that better than giving the ball to Dak Prescott mm -hmm. and he can all of a sudden get the ball in the 50 yard line uh, in one play? Like, I just, I just don't agree with that. It's frankly similar in terms of your sentiment to whether it was the Washington game or um, the other game before that when, when, when Swift didn't get down, when he didn't have a problem with like Swift scoring. And the whole point is you're supposed to end the game with the ball in your hands. Like, don't even give the opponent a chance to win. So, yeah. I, yeah, the Swift touchdown was really yeah, bad. So the, the uh, Dallas using their timeouts is important. What's more important is you getting a first down and not even giving them a chance. And that, that doesn't mean you need to, by the way, throw like a deep ball downfield. There are there's somewhere in between like uh, a pattern AJ Brown down the sideline and like far beyond the sticks and blaming him for not being able to see the ball. Yeah, so yeah. that's the third and three. So basically, great call by Brian Johnson according to Nick Sirianni. Great throw by Jalen Hurts, um, but AJ Brown just just uh, couldn't see the ball there. I didn't think it was a great throw. I didn't love that call there. I think third and three. Is a, is a spot where you're so good at fourth and one. Right. Uh, we talked. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're making decisions there, knowing fourth down is in play. Yeah, I agree with that. And then again, like the the papering over of oh, just a little bit of an execution error on AJ Brown running into DeAndre Swift and forcing a fumble. Like, like I didn't I'm think he sorry. papered that over. I disagreed. You think so? Yeah. Listening back to that, I I thought he didn't want to throw them under the bus, but he's like okay. that that can't happen. Now he said it's it's a coaching error. I mean, I think that's ultimately. I, I and it was a very similar play to the the touchdown that they scored with AJ Brown. It's the same, you know, it's yeah. the same pistol, it's the same motion, and he's lining up in the same spot. The formation was a little bit different, but I mean, they got the timing right yeah. on the touchdown. I mean, AJ Brown just can't be just running into guys. He did say, yeah, they they ran that that earlier in the game and they had success. So he didn't think the play design was a problem there. Uh, he said they need to coach it better, but I I, th I thought he, he he said that that can't happen in that situation, and mm -hmm. he's right. That can't happen. The ball cannot touch the turf in that situation. No doubt about that. It could have been a uh, could have been a hero play for oh. any cowboy who was you able to recover that ball. You dominate these transitions, man. But uh, Tyler Steen, the hero instead, and Tyler Steen uh, would have uh, gotten a loaf of bread from us if he was here because hero bread is the bread for people who love bread but want to be a little bit healthier. The taste and the texture is really better than the, the competition. This bread is soft and fluffy and delicious. It is the high fiber and ultra low net carbs with zero grams of sugar per slice. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on Hero.co and Amazon. It has fewer calories than the leading national brands and 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Right now, Hero Bread is offering the PHLY fam 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use our code PHLY to save 
on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. And let me tell you, while we're on the topic of staying healthy here. I think a lot of longtime sickos are going to like hearing from you on this front. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited uh, to discuss AG1 with you, okay? Because the longtime listeners know I've been touting AJ, AG1. I'm sorry, I was talking thinking about AG, AJ Brown there. AG1 ever since uh, my sister's boyfriend brought this up to me and said, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? This is great. He takes it every morning and I can see why because a AG one is uh, it's, it's a single solution that supports the entire body and covers in your nutritional basis every day. If you want better gut health, if you want a boost in energy, which I, I like to think I'm high energy, but I'm always looking for a boost in energy. Uh, your immune system support, that's, that's so important. I mean, I have, I have kids. They come home with all types of, uh, of things each, each day. Um, and I, I don't want to keep like, I don't want to throw pills and vitamins into my body. I want a supplement that actually tastes great. And that's where AG1 comes in. You can take it in the morning. You can take it after in the afternoon. You can take it before working out or uh, while making the coffee in the morning, you can it, you can use it to start the day, and it will make you feel good. Uh, if if you're ready to take on the day, if you're ready to go, if you want something that help your body, that's good for your body, that gives it the nutrition that it that it craves, AG One is the right thing for you to do. Uh, so, you know, since I've been drinking AG One, you there's a better feeling of overall health. You feel that sustained energy, the improved digestion, the support for mental clarity and focus. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. I see it in the locker room every day. We're going to talk to Fletcher Cox later. He takes care of his body. Brian Baldinger, former player, he takes care of his body. Uh, and taking care of your body starts with optimizing whole body health. A, a lot of athletes drink AG1, and with every daily serving, you're setting yourself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give daily nutrients, support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and it helps just about everybody take great care of their health every day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drink AG1 slash Eagles. That's drink AG1 slash Eagles. Check it out. Nicely done, Zach. Shout out to your uh, sister's boyfriend once again. Yeah, Jeremy. Nice guy. Good. What does Jeremy do? Uh, I mean, we're going to have to get into all this here I'm on, on the show. Jeremy's a really what nice is he, guy. A gigolo? I mean, what's that? I said, what is he, a gigolo? <laughs> no, no. Jeremy's a very smart guy, good business. And uh, I had a chance to meet Jeremy. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to be careful like how much I'm giving away in the show. The show is about the Eagles. It's, it's certainly not about <laughs> it's not about my sister and her boyfriend. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he's a nice guy. She's amazing. So Okay, there you go. Uh, Zach, you wanted me to, to ask you a question that you've been putting some, some thought into. And that is uh, because you're, you're such an election, election Day patriot. We both got our I Voted stickers. Mm -hmm. But you want to know... If you and the the fanciful dreams of your head 
had been voted, let's say that this was a, a democratically elected position, which it is decidedly not, <laughs> if you were voted NFL commissioner, mm. what would be your agenda? Well, first off, I would call up Zach Berman at PHLY and Bo Wolf at PHLY, and I'd say, hey, what do you want to know, right? I'll give you the goods. Uh, but no, and so all. in this in this scenario, there are two Zachs, or you are you are someone <laughs> I was, else entirely. I was making a joke about about giving myself an exclusive, okay. right? Um, but no, so there's in all honesty here, I I long think of like ways the NFL can be better. Okay, there's a few things. There's like micro things, for instance, not micro, micro. Thank you. I knew you were going there. Uh, one thing I would do um, is I would make everyone active on game. Like I don't like inactives. I think I think inactives are an antiquated concept. Uh, in particular, if, if you're on the active roster, you should be able to play on game base. I don't like inactives. Okay. Um, now uh, let's, 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 let's devil's let's advocate okay. this out. The, the point of inactives are so that teams that are hit, especially hard by injuries yes. are not at a disadvantage. You think that just that, that screw those teams. It's fine. Part of the job is to stay healthy. And if you stay healthy, you should have an advantage. My counter to that is I think some of these changes in IR rules uh, have – it allows teams to put players on IR if they're down for three, four weeks, right, which in, in the past you'd hold that player on your roster. There's practice squad elevations, which allow you to expand your roster. So, yeah. I, but if you're doing no inactives, you shouldn't also get to elevate from the practice squad. Sure you should, Yeah. I also want that. I want practice. I want more guys to get a chance to play. I was at the Penn State game recently with my wife. The, these she was roster rules make no sense. And wait, wait, wait. She was saying, how many people are, are on this team? And I'm like, well, in college, you know, you got like 100 guys uh, for, for home games. Um, I want more guys to be able to, to have a chance to play. So, I, yeah, you can still do practice squad elevations because it, it, it incentivizes practice So, you have squads. a 53-man active roster. Yeah. A 16-person uh, practice squad, but two elevations per game. So you got you have 55 active players for a game. Yes. And is there still are you for is, like is restricting labor here? Is there is, still is that a limit? Objective? Is there still a limit to uh, practice squad elevations for players? Like, do you only get three a season or whatever it is? Yeah, let's do that. That way, more players can, can get a chance to play. But yeah, I'm I'm not in the business okay. of trying. Why to not? Why not pick out three people from the stands and they get to dress as well? Bo Wolf's running on the platform of restricting labor. I'm on the platform of more people getting jobs and more people being out there. No, I'm just playing saying, football. You, okay. This is your number one priority. No, you that's not think, my number one. You gotta think through. No, this is what's what you started with. This is no. what you started with. Okay, that's a that's I said that's the micro one. Okay, okay, okay. big picture ones. All right. Yeah. International expansion, big for, no, like international games, big for the NFL. But this is what I would do. I would make it, I would add one additional week to the season, okay? More inventory of games for fans, okay, which is good. Every team plays internationally every year, all right? And then you have uh, you have your buy F after that. So teams have two buys now. Okay, so okay. it's an 18-week it's a 19-week season. It's a 19-week season. Still 17 games. Yes. And you have two buys. Yes. But every team plays an international game. Yes. And this okay. way it goes from Labor Day to President's Day. All right? Some people have off of work on President's Day. A lot, you know, now Super Bowl Sunday is Sunday night. President's Day the next day. This is perfect, right? Why is this? For, who in the world cares about President's Day? <laughs> well, I'm saying... 
So it, you're saying this like it's like it's like July 4th <laughs> or something like that. Like, oh, football is Americana. We can end it on President's Day. Like, no, the day most famous for like car sales. <laughs> you know I'm saying that if if people, you know, I, I've heard this push that the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday that people should have off of uh, right. work, off of school. Well, some people already have off of work. Some people already have off of school. All right. And yeah, it's a way to kind of, so Super Bowl Sunday, then President's Day the next day. And the NFL season goes from Labor Day to President's Day. I think that's all. I think that's all. I like the I like the general idea, but but like hanging it on the slogan of Labor Day to President's Day is very funny. Like, what about Arbor Day? Like, no. So in in addition to this, but but the the the, the important objective here is another bye week for the players. Okay, which I think is a good thing, and then. Every team plays internationally, so you're expanding. You're expanding well, the the audience. Um, you're you're bringing football, and I'm it's I'm not just talking London and Frankfurt, Germany. I'm talking. Let's have a game. Well, they've had games in Mexico City. You're going to Brazil. You're going to to uh, Shanghai. And uh, you're going. Shanghai. You're going to Tokyo. You're going to Sydney, Australia. You're going to Rio de Janeiro. You're going, I mean, I can keep going on, you know, different parts of Europe. Um, I can keep going on naming cities in the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, uh, now, uh, let's, let's, let's have stadiums or, or let's have games in Africa. Let's have games in the Middle East. Um, so obviously Canada, uh, let's, let's put games in, <laughs> in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So you're you're laughing at me. This is this is a big part of what I'm doing. Okay. And, and now, which two teams are you sending to the Middle East, Zach? Into the Middle East? I mean, there's gonna be no shortage of teams that wanna play uh yeah, I mean, there was just a World Cup there. We saw world class stadiums. It'll it'll be hot, but yeah, I think uh I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us away from that part of the conversation. Okay. Uh, okay. one Okay, wait, wait, so okay. And then now this is one that I've um this is a half-baked idea here coming up, okay? <laughs> okay. But uh in a salary cap league, which the NFL is, no draft now draft would really it, having no draft would affect obviously our coverage. It's a big it's a big tent pole event. But what if you just say you have X amount of dollars to spend, okay? And you can go out and you can sign so if you're the Washington Commanders this offseason, you can go out and sign Caleb Williams, all right? Just like if Bo Wolf is the top uh, podcaster or the top reporter coming out of college, someone can go sign, you know, PHLY can go sign him, right? Um, similar concept to that. So you can go sign the top college players, but it comes within the confines of the salary cap. So basically every player is a free agent. And every player coming out is a free agent and, and you can, uh, this would, I think, alleviate tanking. Okay. It would, uh, alleviate, you know, suppressed rookie scale salaries. Okay. And I think that it would, it would, it would create more competitive balance. And I think it would, I think the argument from the league would be that it yeah. would it would negate competitive because balance. players would would want to go to the team yes. x or city x i hear you there the thing is this uh that's where the the hard salary cap comes into play all right if if the uh what's the team that's that someone might not want like a market someone might not want to go to green bay green bay okay if green bay 
can spend X amount of the, you know, you know, three X what New York or Los Angeles or Miami can offer you because they already have a, a crowded salary cap space. Then the player might be compelled to go to the team where either there's the opportunity or there's more money. So this is a half-baked idea because I, I, I love draft coverage, right? <laughs> Selfishly, I don't want to get rid of that. But I'm just thinking of, of, of ways to alleviate tanking and to make it more advantageous for the players. I'm not, I'm not against that in general. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly the draft is, is labor restrictive. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. I also, the thing about the international thing that I like is if it's 17 games, everybody plays them internationally. Yeah. That means you still get eight home mm-hmm. games, eight exactly. away games. And that is, I think I like that for competitive balance. Yes. You're not getting an extra home game. Yeah. Um, and I think players should get a second buy. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I would of the three. Okay. I'm in on that one the most. Okay. Um, well, that's the one I feel strongest. I'd about. like you to, add, I'd like you to keep naming a few more cities if you don't mind. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, the the international one, like when when the when the there was this big debate about them going to 17 games. I kept saying, why don't they just add another bye week? By the way, right? Like that would you know TV inventory is most important, more so than, than like gate, you know, than, than the gate costs. And so that would allow another week of games to sell to your network partners. Um, they insisted on adding the game. Okay, that's that's fine. Now you have the 17-game schedule. With the 17-game schedule, though, I don't like how there's, there's nine home games, eight away games, or eight home games, nine away games, and then you give up a home game every 10 years to play internationally. Play internationally every year. It's a neutral site game. And, and how about this? As I'm workshopping this, it doesn't need to be an international game every year. A neutral site game. Mm. Think of markets in... Yazoo City. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they have the infrastructure in place. Okay. But St. Louis lost lost their team. Have St. Louis host the game. Okay. Uh, Man, you, nobody wants to go to a game in St. Louis. How about all those wonderful people in St. Louis? Um for teams they don't care about? <laughs> it's, it's football. Everyone cares about football. Put a game. Let's put a game in San Antonio. Let's put a game in Oklahoma City. Uh, you're, losing, you're losing me now. Let's put a game in Portland, Oregon. Let's put a game in – I, I mean, I can, let's – Let's put a game in Maine. Let's put it. I don't Where know are they going to play a okay, game so in Maine? Maine they don't, I was I was trying to adhere to, to 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 your family in Maine, but they yeah I don't think there's a stadium. I don't think there's the infrastructure you're, there. You, you've lost the plot a little bit. You know, this is okay. this is like a classic politician thing where you're on a roll and you just sort of keep going <laughs> yes. and all of a sudden yeah. you're you're. But yeah, you're, so <laughs> international it's, slash it's neutral strike game with bye with a with a a, a bye week afterwards. Uh, Running on that platform in how many years left? Head to your polls. How many years left does does Roger Goodell have on his his new contract? I I think it's a three-year deal. After that, uh, I mean, Zach Berman. Listen, the 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 commissioner works for the owners. They don't work for football. So, like, it's it's a different thing. If if I was in charge of football and not working for the owners, I would be I would be guaranteeing player salaries. That's the first thing that I would be doing. Okay. I mean, they've got the they've got the the worst contract situation of any major sport, and they put the most of their live of their physical being at at line. Like, they're the ones who deserve to have guaranteed contracts. I I would need to do um, I would need to do my research and have a a better sense of that. But I hear what you're saying. Okay. Uh, well, Zach, before we get to Baldy, who is joining us in a minute, let's talk about game time because game time. 
is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. You can get those images of the seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, Zach. uh, What would you like to sort of hear from Baldy about? Well, Dallas Goddard is one Mm -hmm. thing I want to hear about. I want to hear how he expects the Eagles to compensate. Uh, for that, I'm curious what he thought of Tyler Steen's performance the other day. Uh, I know that there are some things on Twitter about that. Uh, this is the it, – it's interesting. The Eagles are on their bye at the midpoint of, of the year. In, a 17, in, a, in an 18-game schedule – or 18-week uh, game schedule, there would be like a natural midpoint. Um, there's not sort a natural – Sort of. It would still be an uneven the, amount of games. But yeah. No, after the ninth game, if you – yeah, okay, that's true. But all right. Um, but here we are after week nine. We're we're in a natural time in the uh, in the season four, like midterm reviews, if, if you will. I want to know what he thinks the Eagles need to fix in the second half of the year. All right. And what do you think we need to fix in the second half of the year? Well, there's a lot for that. Um, you know, I'm always listening back and watching back on things that I can do better. My posture needs to be better right now. I think my delivery can be a little more clear. Uh, I just said, ah, I need to cut down on the odds and, and the um. So yeah, definitely things I can. I think your posture is fine. I don't think you need to, uh, I think you're doing a good job on your posture. I don't think you need to be even straighter. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be a little casual here. Okay. On the set, you know? I got you. Okay. I mean, you're not, you're not running for a commissioner, are you? I mean, I'm not taking myself out of contention <laughs> if you're asking me that. Right? Well, if, you do like to hobnob with the owners. I like to hobnob with all people. Right. So if I'm, if, if Jeffrey Lurie's there, I'm not going to turn around and not say hello. Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. How is the, uh, how's the book coming? Uh, right, we're closing in on deadline, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. The, the book will be <laughs> sent out today. Uh, like the, the manuscript will, will be sent out, and then I'm looking forward to working with the editors on that. Will you feel like, um, in terms of like the senses of accomplishment along the way that you are proud of yourself for, where does sending it off rank it feels great when you do that um because it it you know it's like when you have an article that you're working on uh and it and the article is like on on your head a book is like every day that's 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 on your head i need to get these words done so yeah looking forward to that and looking forward to speaking to brian baldinger all right well let's get to that now because we have baldy on the line uh baldy how are you Hey guys, it could be with you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just uh, finishing week nine here, um, breaking down some of the final games. So just doing what I do. 
Great to see you. Uh, how was the first week of the All City NFL podcast? How 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 is that oh, going so good. far? Everybody should check that out. Yeah, it was good. We had uh, Lane Johnson on. We got Max Crosby coming on, and Chuck Smith, the pass rush uh, specialist for the Baltimore Ravens with the number one defense in the league. And so we've had some good guests, and um, I think we're you know we're kind of just you know it's kind of like a a blank canvas. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to to fill, you know, an hour each day, but it's been a lot of fun and we do it right here in my office. So uh, you can see the logo right behind me, but it's good. Love that. And everybody should, should check that out. Um, let's, let's go quickly through some of the stuff from the last game, Baldy. I guess my first question for you, expert that you are, you know, talking to Lane, what, what's sort of your review on Tyler Steen's first game as, as a starting right guard? Well, look, it's the third right guard they've had this year. You know, I mean, that's just the league right now, the injuries. So everybody's, you know, we put a new right guard. You put him against two of the best veterans in his whole league between Kelsey and Lane. It, it's it's going to be better. Um, it's going to help a young guy like that. But, you know, he got the first game under his belt against the Cowboys with, you know, look, he saw Micah Parsons a bunch. You know, I mean, Micah is like a lot of pass rushers. All right, who's the new guy? Who's the weak link? Let's test him. I mean, Micah doesn't often line up over right guards, but he did in this game, you know, four or five times. He beat him clean a, a few times, but, I mean, there's no shame in that. It's just nobody else moves like Micah Parsons in this league. So I thought other than that, I thought, you know, he handled things pretty good up front. Baldy, the big story here in Philly, as, as you know, is Dallas Goddard going down. Uh, big loss for the Eagles offense, of, of course. How do you see them – compensating for the absence of Goddard during these next few weeks? Well, they went to a Super Bowl last year, Zach, and he missed time last year. You know, I forget what the injury was, but he missed a chunk of time. Um, you know, it's they, they signed Albert O from Denver in preseason. He hadn't had a chance really outside of last week to get a chance to play, but he's going to get a chance now. I mean, his last preseason game with the Broncos against the Rams, he was the best player on the field that day preseason, but he caught everything they threw at him. Uh, he's a big body that runs good. Uh, he's going to get a chance along with Stoll. And, you know, they've always had depth at that position. You might see a little bit more four receivers with Julio out there. I mean, they've got some options, but I don't think it's going to fall apart because Dallas isn't out there right now. The the flip side to that is we, we've been sort of talking about how can the Eagles get their, their running game back on the ground. And we know how important Dallas Goddard is to that. How would you sort of explain to uh, you know, to the layman, how important Dallas is to the the running game. Well, you know, to be honest with you, Bo. There's not a. I mean, the old fashioned tight end was just called a Y in West Coast offense, and so he's a true Y. He's a guy you lined up next to Lane or next to Malata, and he can handle most defensive ends or outside linebackers pretty good. I mean, he's an excellent blocker, and there's not many of them in the league right now. But he also obviously can flex out. You know, he's a guy that you can put in motion. You can do a lot of things with in the passing game. So he's got tremendous versatility. And I don't know that they have anybody that can do that. So it's going to have to be reconfigured a little bit. I might go back and watch some of the games without him last year and just see what they did. But, you know, it's going to give an opportunity for a lot of other guys to step up and maybe play a, uh, a little bit of that role. I don't think anybody can just step up and, and be Dallas Goddard on this roster. But you might see an extra tackle in there in run downs where they really want to, you know, pound the ball. You might see Drac Driscoll, Driscoll come in or somebody else right now, Suapeta, whoever, 
um, whoever's healthy, you know, come in and be a third tight end in situations where they really want to run the ball and you need a strong side blocker at the point, you might see some of that as well in Nick Sirianni's offense. It's the midpoint of the season. The Eagles are 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 eight and one, best record in the league. But I'm sure when you stop at Wawa, it doesn't always seem that way, right? There's 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 it, it, it's not like they've been this big juggernaut um, going into the back stretch of the season, and in particular with the schedule they have. What needs to improve on the Eagles roster and, and and with the way they play? Well, I mean, on the back end right now, Zach, they're not playing well in the back end. I mean, they've given up 18 touchdown passes in those nine games. That's too many. Um, you know, they're you know they're, they're getting behind them right now. I mean, last week, whether it was Jake Ferguson or CeeDee Lamb, I mean, they were both having basically career days. But we saw Washington the week before. And so, you know, maybe more zone right now and just keep everything in front of them and let the front go to work and let those guys uh, eat a little bit and, pressure the quarterback. Maybe they need to blitz a little bit more, Zach, than, than they tend to like to do. But sometimes, you know, if you watch Kansas City, if you watch Baltimore, if you watch the elite defenses in this league, they're not afraid to get, you know, a cornerback or safety free to the quarterback and just speed things up a little bit where they don't have the time to, to make these perfect throws the way Dak did the other day. So I think that's the first thing is, you know, Byard's new, so he's figuring out his role. They've had a ton of injuries back there. I think they got to figure out the slot defender position, you know, whether that's Eli Ricks or whether it's somebody else right now. But, you know, I don't think they've replaced Devontae Maddox since he went down early in the year. And so that's a, that's a key position when you're going up against, you know, whether it's Kansas City, you know, in the next game or whatever it is. Like, I think they've got to get that figured out. Yeah, Bradley Roby, hopefully due back uh, after the bye. There's a there's a good breakdown that you have on on your Twitter, Baldy, about you know all the ways that the Cowboys were getting C.D. Lamb matched up on those relatively weaker defenders for for the Eagles. I, I'm curious, like you know, knowing how much you talk to to guys in the NFL, the Eagles entering this bye, right? The coaching staff, the work that they're going to do over the next ten days or so, they know that that's where they are weak on defense. What are like? the conversations that you expect them to sort of be having over these next few days? Well, it could be, you know, with Sean and Nick, just, you know, do we need to blitz more? And if we do, where does it come from? Is it slot defenders? Is it Zach Cunningham? Like who, who is it? Is it more twist stunts rather than guys just trying to win one-on-ones? I mean, there's like, they have 30 sacks. It's not like they're, you know, they're, they're not good in that position. I mean, Hassan Reddick, is all the way back. He's making a difference right now the way we expect him to. Um, but I would say that that's a conversation. I think, you know, what is Jalen in the run game right now? Is he a viable threat in the run game? Obviously, the bone bruise is real. Um, you know, the result is like he's becoming an excellent pocket passer right now. He was last week. The touchdown to Devontae was excellent but from the pocket. But is do we need to get, if he's healthier after the bye week, do we need to use Jalen more in the run game? Because they're more difficult to stop in the run game when Jalen is a factor. And so I think those are some of the conversations that they have with Nick and the staff right now. In in following up on on that, Jalen, these these past few weeks, especially, even with this injury, has just been lights out as a passer. And it's 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 a stretch that that's that's been particularly impressive. As as you've watched the film, what are you seeing from him? as a passer in particular? Well, I mean, he's he's up amongst 
the best in the league right now. I mean, just to, the way that he can layer a ball over the middle of the field or the touch he has dropping it to the outside shoulder to Devontae Smith for the touchdown or, you know, the out route to Dallas Goddard on the sideline, Zach. I mean, those are elite throws. Like, you know, you expect the layups, you know, the swing passes, the stick routes, you know, I mean, some of the flat routes. You expect those are layups. You expect him to complete those. But you're looking at the next level throws down the field. I mean, I said it last year. I thought he was as good a deep ball thrower as there was in the NFL last year. Like, he has amazing touch on the deep ball. And so, I mean, A.J. Brown is second in the league in receiving for a reason. Somebody's thrown him those balls, and it's been Jalen. And I don't think anybody, honestly, Zach, could have ever imagined that Jalen Hurts could throw with this type of touch and accuracy and see the field as well as he does three years ago when he was just beginning this journey. And so it's an, and I think it's only getting better because we're seeing him from the pocket right now. Okay, you want to be Joe Burrow? This is what Joe Burrow does. He can, he's doing it. If you want to get outside the pocket and play Patrick Mahomes and be that style, you can do that. Not that he's imitating anybody, but if you want to throw a comp- comparison out there, he's, you know, the, the throws over the middle of the field, the dig routes, the dangerous throws. I mean, you got to layer those throws. Those aren't easy throws in this league. Too many hands getting away, too many zones. Like against the Jets, where he threw the interception at the end. Like I think he's just seen the field a lot better. We sort of had this conversation yesterday, but along those lines, you know, it, it, when they signed him to the long-term extension, right? The the question is, as his career goes on, if if his like superpower of his legs is not as dangerous, how, what will he look like? Do you feel like the first half of the season has sort of made you feel more bullish about you know his his long-term prospects? Well, I, I, I'm bullish long-term regardless, Bo. But I just think, I think we all understand just who Jalen Hurts is at this point and that it's never going to change. Like, I, I feel like he's never going to rest. He's never going to stop. I'm sure he's getting treatment right now in some part of the world, you know, where the hardest thing for him to do is to stop working, but it's probably a good idea to stop working right now. And whatever is ailing him, get the necessary treatment to be as close to 100% as he can. But I don't think he's ever going to be satisfied with anything until he starts winning multiple championships. And so that's a great that's a great place to be. The great ones have that in them. They never stop working on whatever it is that they can improve and make better. He is Mr. Football. He is Brian Baldinger. Check out the All-City NFL Show with Anthony Gargano. Max Crosby coming up this week. We look, we look forward to that, Baldy. Thank you so much. You'd be good, guys. Yep, you bet. Take care now. Talk to you next week. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. Well, Zach, if you are uh, looking for some swag for your bye week plans, I know you got some big stuff going on. You might want to check out FOCO because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got your overalls, your hoodies, your hats, your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHLY for 10% off, and we can pivot right from that, Zach, to our next guest, 
Mr. Fletcher Cox making his second appearance on the PHLY Eagles podcast. Fletch, how are you? Good. What's going on, fellas? Going, going well. Where, where are you? How are you spending the buy? Give us a little bit of a like a, a sense of the Fletcher Cox scene at the moment. Uh, I'm just uh, back, came back um, back um, where I live at in off season Texas um, at the ranch, just hanging out here and uh, enjoying some peace, which is always good. Fletch, in, in these past few years, I've heard a lot about the Shady Trail Ranch. Can you tell our viewers, our listeners, what exactly it is and and, and how you spend your time down there? Well, what it is, uh, actually, um, it's named after my oldest brother. Uh, but um, the biggest thing was Shady, the biggest thing about Shady Trail Ranch is um, not many people know that it's a high fence uh, preserve um, hunting ranch. You know, we got we get people all over from all over the place come and and hunt and uh, have a good time. And uh, it's just a place where you get a bunch of guys together and get to know each other and, and have a good time for a couple of days. Sounds like a great time. Maybe we'll we'll join <laughs> it you next is, time. Always is. Yes, sir. We sit up here one day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, Fletch, one thing I want to ask you about is we have seen over and over since the start of last season that defensive line at the end of a game when like a play needs to be made, somebody's coming up with like a, a clutch sack. Now, in your opinion, is that like just because the talent is so good and eventually somebody's going to get there? Or is there something to like, are, are you rushing any differently at the end of the game when you know that it's sort of all out and this is one play can make can make the difference? No, absolutely. I mean, it's I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is number one is you got a lot of talent in that room, right? You know, you got a, a lot, a couple first, a lot of first round draft picks in that room. It's a lot of money in that room, uh, and we know at some point that uh, we um, you, you kind of save a couple pass rush moves in your back pocket until you actually really need them. You know, late in the game, and you know, and and that's the thing that, that about us that we don't only have just one or two guys that can rush the quarterback. You know, we can send waves at you, which is always good. You know, keep guys fresh to get to the fourth quarter, you know, down to crunch time like we needed the other night. That must take so much discipline to, to like hold a move in your back pocket just for, for like the exact right situation. Well, I mean, I want to say, you know, you're holding it. You probably just tried to set it up the whole time. You know, a lot of pass rushers, you try to set stuff up and eventually it works. You know, you kind of get there and, and then when you really pull it out, you do. And uh, I mean, BG, Josh, all those guys had some key, key, key moments in that game on Sunday. You you mentioned Sweat there. He he had that that uh, game clinching sack. I, I guess we can call it. Uh, it was it was a funny scene by your locker the other day. You saw kind of everyone around Sweat's locker. You've you've been around him for six years. It hasn't always been the case. How has he developed over the six years? And is he at a point now where where you consider him one of the top edge rushers in the league? His approach, you know, his approach and the way he works, uh, obviously, has played a tremendous um, uh, help to his career uh, these last few years. And just watching him grow every day in practice, you know, the challenge he, he tried to give our O line and and it looks and he just want to be dominant. You know, that's that's all, Josh. He don't talk a whole lot. He don't see a whole lot, but he just want to play. You know, um, so. Uh, and, and, and help us win games. And, and then that was big uh, with him doing it. And he did it on the side. He know we don't get a bunch of snaps on, uh, which which is I was happy to see that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Last few snaps of that game, he and, and Hassan switched sides. Is that like they give each other a look? Like, let's just change this up and try to catch them off guard? Is that coming in from the sidelines? How does that work? 
Oh, that's I mean, we, we we practice stuff like that. Um, sometimes you get to give guys just looks of uh, different looks at different fields. You know, obviously we, um, especially with those with our DNs, either anybody can play anything. And I think at the time, you know, I mean, Hase uh, got a sack on that side, and uh, Sweaty got a sack from the other side. So they were just kind of, you know, going to a you know some new ground over there, which was uh, which was good to see. Uh, because normally teams kind of know where we line up at in pastoral situations. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, now they got to prepare for it, you know, those guys moving around. Now, Lane said that that he aged in dog years during that game. He said he, he came in at 33 and was like 42 at the end of the, uh, of, at the, end of the game. What was it like on the field? You've, you've, you've had a lot of tight endings in your career, but what was it like on the field for that one? I mean, it was a... Uh... Definitely a uh, nut cutting, um, knowing that uh, we, we got a we got a big stop in, and the biggest thing was after the big stop was that uh, I kind of got the feeling on the sideline, guard right, guys, we don't have to go back and win the game. Uh, and you know, I, I I held my helmet and you know in, in my hand, um, but uh, it was uh, definitely um, one you want to be on the edge of your seat with. But we had came out on the good side of it, which was good. The fans stayed in it the whole entire time, which. You gotta fucking love that. Uh, get you more excited, and uh, and you know that helped us late in that game. The other the other angle there I want to ask you about is because there were such quick possessions for, for for the offense, and not to put the blame on them, but you guys were out there for a long time. How do you sort of explain like the game was on the line? But I mean, you must be exhausted at at that stage of the game. I think maybe. Uh, I think after the game, you probably see probably the entire defensive line take a knee <laughs> after that last play. Uh, and uh, I mean, you, I mean, those moments like that, you live for moments like that, right? Uh, and, and, and that's what we do. Now, I, I want uh, you know, you, you had a sack, okay, and I kind of want your honest answer on the, on, on, on this, because uh, D linemen know how important sacks are. Uh, and sometimes you get like the linebackers who jump on at the end. Um, you had that great pass rush. You bring him down, not take anything away from Nakobe, but Nakobe gets a half a sack there too. Uh, as a pass rusher there, do you want the full sack? Should both you guys get full sacks? How should that be handled? Because that was your pass rush when you brought him down. Absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest thing was I was really, I saw Nicole, I knew Nakobe was coming under pressure and, uh, and I got there and I kind of, you know, I saw him coming, and then uh, I tried to get the ball out, which, you know, I think if you do get the ball out, you end up getting the whole set. Uh, but he was there. We got him on the ground. It was a, it was a big play in the game. And uh, But uh, the linebackers, you know, it's, it's in our room, you know, in the D-line room. We want all of the D-line to have all the sacks, uh, and sure. sometimes linebackers. What you really object to, I imagine, is, like, when, when they didn't really deserve it. Like, at least in that one, he was in on the rush with you. Yeah. Like, you did sort of meet there together. Um, that was a, yeah, that was I got to go talk to the Kobe about that one. I'm going to have to turn that one in so I can get the whole set. You know? <laughs> nothing personal, nothing personal, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. But so let's, deep. let's give the man his, his <laughs> respect. That was a fun little call on that yeah. one because Nicobe comes, but, but Josh drops. And so it sort of seemed like it messed up the protection with, with the center and the right guard there. Well, I mean, definitely on you know, that play, I saw the center kind of turn his back to me and I knew that I only had a split second to kind of get in that, in that crease, which, you know, we practice that stuff a lot, you know, those moments. And coach always tell us, you only got so long to get there to split second until he realizes pressure and he's coming back. 
uh, which uh, I got lucky on that one and got through there, split it, split the protection, and uh, got to the quarterback. Now it's it's Tuesday of the bye week. You've had seasons during these past 12 years where the coaches bring you in, you know, for like either the Tuesday or the Wednesday of the bye week. You guys have off this week. How does that work? Is it the leaders of the team? Did you know it all along? Did you have to win the game? And and how pissed are you guys when you have to come in during the bye like you did earlier in, in your career? Oh, uh, no, no. I think Coach, uh, he it was one of them things where we wasn't even worried about the schedule as a team, honestly. You know, we had our, our leadership committee meeting um, the other day. You know, um, we have that once a week. Nobody never mentioned, hey, Coach, you know, like, you know, you don't give us the whole week. I think our main goal was to try to get this game behind us and then talk about that, uh, which, you know, which it happened and Coach gave us the week off and, uh, you know, that's why everybody likes Nick. You know, he 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 know this 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 last little stretch means a lot to us. It's gonna be important, and guys got to be fresh. You know, we got to get guys back healthy, and uh, that's why guys want to play for him. You know, the things that he do, and you know, we appreciate him so much. If I could ask you a little bit about the the like the leadership committee, Fletch, uh, for people who don't know, how does that how does that work? How does that group come together? And what other kinds of conversations do you have with with Nick? And I guess is it different than what it's been like with other coaches? No, I mean, it's uh, just, you know, it's a couple of guys out of each position. Um, coach coach picked those guys, and which is which is always, you know, good to to see that. And uh, guys he trusts. And, uh, you know, this stuff that goes on, just uh, how's the team doing, you know, schedule-wise, you know, what do we like, what we don't like, just so much stuff that goes into in, into that. In in the locker room after the game, the like these guys were excited for the bye, right? It it came at a good time of the season. It's kind of halfway through. You're someone who they all listen to in there. Do you tell them to get away from football? Do you tell them to kind of get off their feet? What's what's the message for your teammates during this off time? I tell a lot of guys like myself, like I, I won't even think about ball this week. You know, I'm gonna give myself some time, not think about ball, um, just chill and be myself work out a couple times um this week you know obviously and uh and that's the biggest thing you know just kind of clear my mind and get ready for for this long stretch that we have going forward now i do have one other question about the game that that i have to ask you as uh as a reputable journalist this is something that we have been talking about since it happened on sunday matt leo on the sideline have you seen the clip do you have any thoughts <laughs> no i haven't seen it no you haven't seen it. Oh, he 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 gets he no. gets knocked over on the side there, and I think there have been some screenshots of what he might have been wearing underneath. But I guess if that hasn't made it along the lines in the, the defensive line room, all you don't have to comment on it. No, I haven't seen nothing. No, now I got to go check after this. <laughs> okay, we'll see. No, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't seen. It. Yeah, I definitely need that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like a red, interesting undergarment that, that he's got going on. But he's, he, has, he has said it's just a, a different kind of underwear. That's all. Oh, uh, wow. Well, hey, Matt, we got to talk. Can't have that. You can make me uh, sit, Matt. I gotta, Matt I'm going to have to FaceTime Matt. I have to FaceTime Matt right now. I'm trying to put him on blast, but he's probably busy. Yeah, you can, you can report back with the story. This, will, this can be your first big scoop. As, uh, yeah. As he's all over the internet yeah. this week. Yeah. Oh, so Fletch? see, yeah, I got, I got to get that. Okay, I know. Will you will you watch any football this week? Nah, uh -uh, nah. No. Good for you. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, that's the nah, difference. I, that's, I, I would I'm, say I'm the just gonna chill out between you and Zach. Yeah, 
Oh, Zach, he's probably probably missing the press conference right now. Oh, is he watching it right now? Why he's on? Why he's with us? Which one is it? I mean, yeah, that yeah, this is something that uh, Fletcher, you take precedence over the, the now. There's not a press conference today. The press conference is is going to be next week, going into the Chiefs game. But uh, last week, like I said, I missed those coordinator press conferences to speak with you. You do take precedence over it, but like Bo was saying, uh, I'm consuming football all weekend long. Uh, my my wife's not thrilled about that one. Uh, so that that might be the only difference between you and me because people confuse me for Fletcher a lot. All the so time. the only difference is is that uh, I'm not watching football this weekend, or that I am watching. Yeah, that's, that's right. No, you just need to get away and you know just hang out. Just wait till you know uh, next week, right? Yes, exactly. So we'll we'll, we'll be good. We thank you. uh, We thank you once again for joining us. We look forward to talking to you next week. Enjoy the time off. Get the body right, and uh, enjoy not watching football like a like a good guy should. Yes, sir. And it's going to be a great week. Uh, Reset and uh, get ready to go for this long stretch. Like I keep saying, it's going to be special. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you. Go birds. Good ending. Love that. Uh, so Fletch, I mean, Zach, uh, <laughs> honest mistake. Happens honest a mistake. lot. I you know, you get that lot. all the time. You get it all the time. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm so, I am a little bit surprised that you hadn't heard about the Matt Leo thing. We know Josh Sweat was, was commenting yeah. on it on Twitter. I, you know, just, uh, I thought it might've come across his phone at some point. Well, now he's going to FaceTime Matt Leo. I hope, I hope he's in. <laughs> I hope he's decent. Keep, keep going here. I hope he's Finish decent. Your thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, good stuff. Fletch and Baldy. Yeah, absolutely. What a ride. Absolutely. I mean, the, the you know, the, the insight on the defensive line room, the insight on kind of uh, waiting to make that money play at the end, hearing about the leadership council, staying off his feet this week, the shady trail ranch. I liked uh, your question on the, on the linebackers because you could tell he's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all yeah. about the D line and the D line room. Let's, yeah. Let's let's keep those linebackers away from our sacks. And let's be honest, linebackers aren't getting paid for sacks, right? Right. You know, you know now maybe you try to sneak in like a linebacker gets two. Gets, Nicholas Moro's coming in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Throwing the throwing the the game book on Howie's desk like yeah. pay me my money. Yeah, exactly. A linebacker gets like two three sacks over the season. Contract negotiations. They're saying, look, you can blitz me. D lineman. The difference be, if if you get the double digit sacks. That's that's huge, mm. right? So you don't want to share a half a sack. Now, I spoke to a player one time who said there shouldn't even be such a thing as a half a sack, right? You should just both get credit for the sack. Are, are you now when you do that? Maybe some statisticians can be a little sack happy in there. You know, they can give uh, two players the sack and it accumulates the sack totals. Similar to tackles, there's it's famous uh, the Buffalo Bills statisticians. Inflated like Kiko Alonso's uh, right. tackles. I remember Sports Illustrated had a story on that one time. So, uh, well, you know, I would say that like there, there shouldn't you you do have to split the sacks because the the, the sack total should lead should should, should be match one, up no, with okay. the sack total. However, there is the case when sometimes it's three guys they all get a half sack. They don't get third sacks. They give okay. out three half sacks, which doesn't add up. So it doesn't add up. Yeah. So so this is the difference between you and I with this. I want to give everyone sacks. You want to make sure that the sacks match up on the on the box score. No, but I also here's what here's and this is one of my uh, commissioner things. Uh, you, where were you in this conversation thirty minutes ago? Uh, and we've talked about this before. If you are the if you are the defensive lineman tackling a quarterback as he does an intentional grounding, that should be a sack. Now, if you're a receiver on pass interference, should should you get the yardage? 
Uh, I'm open to that. Okay. I'm open because to that. it's it's basically the same, right? I mean, not basically the same. Yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's a little, I think it's a little bit different, but it's because it was yeah. going to be a sack anyways. I mean, yeah. a pass interference. And it's like and it's adjudicated the exact same way. It just yeah. the ball just goes right there. Sure. You, the pass interference the in the in, in football it's a spot foul, so it's basically where you were going to make the, right or, or where the interference occurred. Yeah. Much to think about. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 11 again. Is that right? 11 again. Look forward to that. 11 again. Nice to have a little uh, consistency Consistency, to the timing. So uh, we look forward to that. For Bree and Fletcher and Brian and Zach, we thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Y'all silly like the mayor. 